0: Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com.
1: Hello again, everyone, and welcome to Tech Stuff. My name is Chris Paulette, and I am the tech editor here at HowStuffWorks.com. Sitting across from me, as usual, is senior writer Jonathan Strickland. Meow. Meow. Oh. I know where you're going with this.
0: Right. Well, first, let's go with a little listener mail. This listener mail comes to us from Ian, and Ian says, Hey, I was wondering if you could do a podcast about the new Mac operating system, Mac OS X Snow Leopard. Also, I was wondering about the iPhone on Verizon. I read some places that Verizon will carry the iPhone coming December 2009, but I'm not sure. But thanks, and I love your podcast. So clearly you can tell already, Ian wrote us some time ago... This would be back in November uh, of 2009. It is now 2010, and uh, the iPhone is not on Verizon. Yet. Yet. There's still rumors about it. Um, As of the recording of this podcast, no official announcement, but we all suspect that that's where it's headed. Yeah, actually,
1: uh, on the day they released the iPad, a lot of people as expected an announcement that uh, Apple would have finally decided to uh, open the iPhone up to a number of uh, cell phone providers. But um, that announcement hasn't still happened. hasn't happened. Yeah,
0: imagine that. There's a big press release for one thing that Apple's doing, and people expect Apple to say something else. Now, in this case, I'm actually defending Apple, and I'm saying, shame on you, Apple fanboys. If Apple's going to explain something to you and and unveil something to you, don't just sit there and get upset if it doesn't also tack on some other announcement that you're eager to hear. Well, We see that happen over and over. I I, I criticize Apple a lot. I won't lie, but – I feel for them when they come out and do a press event and and everyone's like, oh, you know, it was awesome that you unveiled that totally new device that no one has ever seen before. But uh, what about this Verizon iPhone thing? Well, there's a – that's
1: pretty much fans of every tech. When they release something, they really want to see all the goodies. I think it's the discretionary
0: income that makes the Apple ones even worse. I don't know. You can but, write me at TechStuff yeah. at dot com yeah, and they will i know I'll um, I own Apple products, so I know about this yes, yes, and i
1: I admit that uh you know i'm like many eager to see what they're going to release, but, uh, you know, then there's no surprises if they do it all in one day. So I, I kind of don't mind
0: so much if they, yeah, the this is kind of like spreading the holidays out throughout the year. But, but anyway, but as far as Snow Leopard goes, yes, let's, let's talk about that because we haven't talked about it yet on the podcast. And, uh, we thought we'd do a little bit of an overview on the operating system. Now, I'm, I'm glad,
1: uh, I'm glad that we actually waited to do this and, uh, you know, and Windows 7, you know, we're doing these together. Um, because it's, it's kind of nice to see how consumers have accepted or in some cases not accepted, um, these newer versions of the operating systems for their respective machines.
0: Now also gives us a chance to play with them a little bit so that, you know, we actually can talk about it. Right. A lot of times when people write in, they don't, they don't understand that most of the, most of the, uh, the new stuff you see in various blogs and on the news and things, we don't get that in advance.
1: That's because we don't do, we don't do reviews at how stuff works. Traditionally, we talk about the technology underlying whatever it is that we're talking about.
0: Right. So we don't so we have a different and focus that, than like a
1: CNET or Right,
0: right. Manufacturers you know. don't necessarily want to send us stuff because we're not going to be doing a review. So therefore, it doesn't make a lot of sense on their end to send us advanced copies of things. We do occasionally get them anyway, which mm-hmm. is great because we get to test it out and, you know, if, if we know that we don't have to return it, we can even take it apart. Yeah, <laughs> Which uh, done in- by the way, taking it apart pretty much means it's done. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, there's th- this is like when when the two year old takes apart a watch to see how it works. That's kind of how we are. Uh, there's no guarantee that it's going to come back together ever again. Yes. That poor pleo <laughs> still can hear the screaming. Yeah. So
1: in the case of in the case of Snow Leopard, um, this is uh, the the. Latest version 10.6 to come out of, uh, Apple after, uh, this dates back to the early 2000s. Um, the Apple OS ten is, uh, the result of, um, the deal when Apple reacquired, um, Steve Jobs. I mean, they acquired, uh, the <laughs> next say computer system, right. um, which was actually heralded as a very uh, high tech, uh, competitor back in the uh, the 1990s mm-hmm. um, Steve Jobs started the company after uh, leaving Apple and uh, you know the uh, the machines that ran it the the operating system known as next step were um, were really kind of for tech heads uh, because it, it ran on a um, on a different kernel it ran on on BSD which is what um, which is what uh, uh, OS 10 runs on deep deep inside the operating system I know we took it apart and can't get it back together again Um but, uh, so this is, OS X has been evolving and this is the sixth formal version of it, major formal version of it. Um, it's actually been updated a couple times since last fall when it was released. Um, but unlike previous versions, we were talking about the, uh, the Apple press conferences when everybody goes nuts about the latest and greatest thing. Um, Snow Leopard is sort of a different sort of operating system because the update was released with no new features. Sort of. Yeah. Because everybody expects the new, you know, little programlet that they put in there, which allows you to do some great thing, you know, or widgets or, you know, some other cool some thing. You, function, I want to play right. with this yeah, yeah, yeah. gizmo that they've thrown into the OS this time, um, which is good for marketing too, because, you know, it helps them go, hey, well, you know, if you buy it this way. Um, Snow Leopard, which, you know, they've been using these cat names. Right. Uh, the one two times before it was Tiger, but the one previous. 10.5 was Leopard, so, so this is leopard, a different kind of Leopard. Right,
0: Snow Leopard was kind of an indication that this was uh, this was a, a refinement,
1: yeah, of and
0: the previous version, and not not like a, a huge jump ahead.
1: And and that and that really was what it was. It's a it's an incremental step ahead. Um, the big big difference. Uh, and again, this is not exciting in a lot of ways. You know, especially if you're looking for some flashy new bell or whistle that you can show off to your friends. The biggest difference is. Now the, the kernel, which is a very, very basic part of the operating system, is a 64-bit kernel, um, which means it, it takes advantage of a lot more processing power than other previous versions of the operating system. Um, this is good because they're incrementally moving up uh, bit by bit, sorry for the pun, um, to be able to take advantage of uh, more advanced microprocessors. Um, and a lot of the refinements in Snow Leopard are like that, too, like things like Grand Central Dispatch, which um, essentially manages processing threads so that they are run by your processor more efficiently. Uh, and OpenCL, which is a technology that uses your graphics processor, it's not doing something like, say, for example, you were running, um, editing a video. You're going to need your graphics processor chip to do a lot of that uh, to do a lot of that work. But if you're working on something else that doesn't require a lot of graphics processing, OpenCL will, uh, basically say, you know, commandeer your, your graphics processor chip, which is, you know, a different kind of microprocessor dedicated to graphics. Um, and will co-op that and say, come here, I need you to do these other things until you're busy with something else. And, and basically the, the operating system is handling processing threads more efficiently than it was before, but that's not really all that sexy, you right. know? And, uh, and there's not that much to show for it. You know, you can't go, hey, look at this thing. Cause really, it's the yeah. same well, kind it's of thing. It looks almost exactly
0: like the thing it was before. Um, yeah, some people have actually gone so far as to criticize Apple and call Snow Leopard a service pack. Yeah. To, to Leopard. And that, it in could, way, is. it could have just been released as an, an upgrade to Leopard without having, justifying, you know, its own name and, and, mm-hmm. and, uh, but then other reviewers are a little more kind, uh, toward Apple and, and, I think justifiably so. I think there is enough there to justify a separate purchase price Mm -hmm. for Snow Leopard. It's not like the changes are all so subtle that you wouldn't even – you would never notice them. Mm -hmm. Uh, They did tweak several of the applications within Snow Leopard so that it – they run a little better, they have a few more features. Again, nothing as revolutionary as a brand new feature that is going to blow everyone's socks off. Right. But um applications that can do more than they did in the previous versions. So things like uh stacks or or, or even the mail and the iCal mm-hmm. features had more functionality than they did in previous versions. And enough of it so that um if you were upgrading from Leopard to Snow Leopard, the the price was not Prohibitively uh, prohibitively expensive, not by a long shot. Mm-hmm. No, we're talking. Uh, un-
1: unlike the previous uh, upgrades to the operating system, which cost one hundred and twenty nine dollars, uh, Snow Leopard is twenty nine dollars. Yeah. Now that's Theoretically, for people. That's for people who have Leopard. Right. If you have Tiger or a previous version, um, you're supposed to be paying the full price.
0: But if you go into an Apple store and say I'm upgrading from Leopard to Snow Leopard, it's not like they're going to ask you to bring your machine in and prove it. As it turns out from uh, – now, I was I upgraded
1: my machine from Leopard to Snow Leopard, so I didn't have to worry about that. Um, but as it turns out, apparently you can even format a drive with one of the $29 disks. Uh, it doesn't ask you if you have Leopard or automatically detect whether you have Leopard on your – uh, operating system.
0: Now, before any of you, you rush out there to upgrade your, your old, old, old Mac into, to Snow Leopard, uh-huh.
1: there's something
0: very important you need to know about this operating system.
1: Especially if you're running a PowerPC
0: based That's specifically Mac. Specifically what you need to know. If you are running a PowerPC based Mac, which is, uh, uh. Those are the older chips, the microprocessors yeah. from, uh,
1: Motorola and IBM.
0: Uh, if you, if you're running one of those, uh, Snow Leopard will not work on your machine. It is not designed for that, that processor and mm-hmm. you won't be able to run it. Even if you were to, uh, go out there and, and fool Apple and pay the 29 bucks for it, it would just be a useless piece mm-hmm. of software for, to you.
1: Yep. Now, um, in general, benchmarking tests, uh, have, Shown that all these processor improvements may not necessarily be all that improved.
0: In fact, some of them may some for some processes, Snow Leopard may actually perform uh, slower, Mm -hmm. more poorly, I guess you could say, or um, or if you prefer, Leopard is more efficient than Snow Leopard for some processes. At least it's faster.
1: I think there are a number of reasons for this. Mm -hmm. Uh, One is that a lot of Apple. Um, software for, let's say this, a lot of software for Mac OS X um, is running in 32-bit mode. And your Snow Leopard installation will, too, unless you specifically tell it you want to, uh, to start up in 64-bit mode. At this point, uh, if you boot up your Mac running Snow Leopard, uh, it will boot into 32-bit mode unless you hold down the 6 and the 4 key at the same time as you are booting it up. And you have to hold it down until it boots. And then it is running 64-bit mode. And it doesn't actually tell you this because I tried it. And I'm going, okay, is it, did you is show it, you, There's no window working? goes, hey. Yeah. Um, however, uh, some of the older programs um, may be running 32-bit. They may not necessarily take advantage of the multiprocessor uh, functionality that you can use in Snow Leopard. And they may be running, um, you know, for a while now, they've been running universal... Code, which means it can run on a power pc chip or an intel chip and if it's running with those you know th- that's basically going to slow down the piece of software it's not optimized to work with that machine i think in time you'll find that i mean this is just based on my own experience and what i happen to know um i think in time more programs that are written to take advantage of these things in snow leopard will uh you know, when you benchmark those against old, earlier versions of the software, you're going to see that these programs uh, do better. But I think when they first did those benchmarking tests, there were probably some uh, some issues with that.
0: Sure, sure.
1: I, I'm, I'm just guessing here.
0: Well, I mean, and
1: you know, I know that those things like universal binaries, fat binaries, those are the, the programs that have code in them to run on more than one processor chip. I know for a fact uh, that those are, in general, slower.
0: Right. And and some of the applications that uh like the QuickTime application um felt a lot different than the earlier ones for things like Leopard and mm-hmm. um the user interface on Snow Leopard is is kind of a little more snazzy and, and has a bit more uh, sex appeal to it, I guess you could say. Um so I mean there are some cosmetic differences as well. It's not it's not all just under the hood and uh if that matters to you, then of course that, that becomes a selling point. Um if you're like me and you've gotten to the point where you don't really care what your computer looks like as long as stuff works the way it's supposed to. Yeah. Um in fact, actually I'll 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 go even further. If you end up doing a dance of joy because your computer actually did something that you told it to do, mm-hmm. then then how good it looks may not really matter to you very much. But it it matters a lot during press conferences. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's true.
1: Now um you know, if you, uh, there are other things that you, uh, are probably gonna be interested in if you're still considering upgrading to Snow Leopard. Um, you know, if you do have, uh, an Intel machine, generally anything in the last four years is Intel, uh, based machine. Um, you know, it's, it, there are some, some things that, uh, that you'll enjoy. Uh, there's a new version of QuickTime that come, that came with it. Um, right. it does, it's very nice. I really enjoy that. Um, and uh, it, it tends to update things like uh, networking um, uh, automatically detects whether or not there are new drivers for your printer, which is nice. Um, it can even identify which printers are closer to you if you are working in an office that has Mac. Um, it might be able to tell uh, the laser printer around the corner versus the one down the hall, um, which is kind of neat. Again, these are just little Incremental improvements that I think would be nice if every operating system had them. So it's It'll know, not, not so flashy, to, uh, but nice to have.
0: Attempt to install Safari on your computer, no matter how many times you scream, "I don't want that operating or that uh, web browser."
1: Oh yeah, uh, there's a uh, the new version of Safari, uh, Safari that yeah. came with uh, Snail yeah. Leopard. Of course, that's pretty much true. I think for
0: I know, I know okay. there are a lot of people out there who really do like the Safari web browser, and they've they're accustomed to its uh, user interface. Uh, and I know I, I I joke about how much I hate the Safari uh, web browser. So I just want to be serious here for a minute. Mm-hmm. I really hate Safari web browser. But uh, you know, hey, if you like it, that's cool. I'll you know I'm not gonna I'm just gonna keep using my yeah. little Firefox over here until yeah. they get Chrome to the point where it actually is good on the Mac. That's a that's a, a, a jab at Google. Actually,
1: uh, I uh I used Chrome on. My Mac at home, running Snow Leopard, and it's uh, it's been a very positive well, I, experience. Well, I'm running it on
0: Tiger, and it's oh, not okay. – yeah. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. it works very
1: nicely on Snow Leopard.
0: I'll have to go and lie to Apple. Dang, I should not have recorded this podcast. <laughs> um, well, here's something that we need to mention. I can't believe we've gone this long without mentioning it, or maybe you did and I just zoned out. Okay. Exchange support. Ah, uh, yes. Built in. Yes. To Snow Leopard. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, that's a big deal because Exchange is one of those uh, major, major um, uh, platforms that lots of corporations use for things like email. Well, it's
1: funny because – not to take a a swipe at Microsoft at all um, because in in a lot of ways I like Entourage, which is the uh, uh, mail program that comes with Office for Mac. Um, The new version of Office for Mac will actually come with Outlook, which is good because Entourage – is uh, dead. Well, Entourage's um, support for the Exchange server is if you're not actually – okay, here's the thing. If you're not actually on the network, um, it doesn't really do all that much supporting. Right. Whereas with Mail, uh, which is Mail.app is the uh, the Mac email program that comes with the OS, um, you can actually put in your Exchange server information, basically like your email address and, and – uh, you know, some simple user information, and it automatically detects um, the Exchange server and goes ahead and, and downloads your information. Now, I think this is being done, uh, you know, and there has to be some cooperation on the part of the Exchange server for this to work, but it does work and it does work automatically, which is nice. Um, you know, I've had the same experience on uh, Evolution Mail for Linux, which is pretty cool because you're going, okay, well, how come some of Microsoft's own products don't Interface with the exchange server as well as these others do, but um, no But it is comment. nice to have.
0: Yeah. And uh, before we, I guess, move into the final section here, mm-hmm. there were some problems with Snow Leopard when it launched. Absolutely. Uh, there were some applications that were uh, compatible with the predecessor with yeah. Leopard mm-hmm. that no longer worked properly, or in some cases, did not work at all in Snow Leopard.
1: Yeah. Well, this, this could be said, or I should, you know, with a grain of salt, this actually could be said of virtually any OS upgrade. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty so much anytime not...
0: you're going to have anything beyond a, a, a minor patch, yeah. you run the risk of, uh, of changing the operating system enough so that applications that were built on the old set of parameters will no longer work properly. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's just... You can't really blame uh, Apple for that. You can't. You definitely can't blame the developers because it's yeah. not like they can see in the future and see wh- exactly what Apple's going to build into the next generation of the operating system. Um, it's just it's one of those things that, upon the release of any operating system, new operating system, you're going to see some instances of that. And uh, really, you got a couple of options. One is you just wait to adopt a new operating system until most of those bugs get ironed out.
1: Yeah, a lot of times they they say to. Uh to wait for a dot release, which is, in this case, 10.6.1.
0: Right, um, where they've, they've, they've have... addressed some of those problems. Mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. Um, It may even be where you end up having to download a patch for the, the particular application as opposed to the operating system. Mm-hmm. Uh, it all depends on on who gets there first, really. But uh, the other option is you go ahead and you adopt the new operating system and you just cope with the fact that you're not going to have access to some of the applications um, that you might otherwise expect, because they were running fine on your machine before mm-hmm. these weren 't necessarily major applications that were that got a lot of use from your average user but uh but power users, people who had very specific um, uh, reasons for using a Mac might have encountered that with various programs mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm. that 's true yeah i had some I had some hiccups when I first switched over um, One thing that I can recommend to you uh, if you 're going to switch your computer from one operating system of any kind to the other. Again, this is, you know, true for pretty much everything. Uh, back up your computer first. Yes. Um, even, even doing an incremental release, moving from, uh, Leopard to Snow Leopard, or, you know, if you're upgrading from Vista to Windows 7, um, you can't count on it always being a smooth installation. Um, you know, even I, I heard some complaints of people who moved from, uh, Ubuntu 9.04 to 9.10. You just, you know, you never know when your driver's going to go away or, you know, suddenly something's going to go awry and you can't access a certain kind of file or, um, heaven forbid, uh, you know, a uh, your hard drive gets completely uh, smashed, not literally, but, you know, it, it completely obliterates the information in your hard drive, which has happened in some instances. Mm-hmm. So always good to back up your data.
0: And here's, here's something that's also kind of, uh, an interesting comparison between the, uh, the Mac OS and its chief competitor, which would be Microsoft's Windows product. Mm-hmm. Unlike the Microsoft machines, when you go and buy a new Mac, and I'm talking about a new one, not a, not a refurbished one or a used right. one, you're not buying it off Craigslist, you're going into the Apple Store and you're buying it, uh, whatever Mac machine you're picking up, you're gonna be getting the, the latest version of that software. Right. That's what yeah. that's because they're going to upgrade everything. So the day that the Snow Leopard uh, operating system w- went gold on the shelves, it was also what was available as soon as you walked into the store to buy a new Mac.
1: Or at least they'd give you a copy of it.
0: Right. Yeah. If it wasn't already pre-installed on the machine, they would give you a copy and you yeah. could you could upgrade it. But uh, on a Windows machine, you could go into a store and because this is all from various manufacturers, not not a single manufacturer like it is from Apple uh you could find machines that might be running Windows 7 or Vista or even XP mm-hmm. um and in some cases they would just give you the option of do you want this machine on XP or Vista uh back back before Windows 7 came out you would even there were some that the machines came standard with Vista but you could actually choose to downgrade the machine to XP which a lot of people did um but yeah you can still find Machines and stores that are running various versions of of uh, Windows because it's not a unified front like it is with Apple. Mm-hmm. Also, of course, as we pointed out in our Windows Seven podcast, which may or may not have have uh, published before this one, it was recorded before this one, but we don't we never know which one's publishing next. Yes, uh, because Apple controls this process from beginning to end. There's usually a um, it's usually a more stable uh, release than. operating system like windows is because Mm -hmm. uh apple knows all the different players in this game they know what the video cards are going to be they know what the sound cards are going to be they they know what the resolution of the screen is going to be uh they know every aspect that's going to go into the hardware that's going to handle this operating system assuming Mm -hmm. you're not using a hackintosh right right assuming you're using an apple approved machine to run this operating system uh, which means that it's going to run the way it's supposed to run unless something is fundamentally flawed with the actual operating system. Right. Um, Windows, Microsoft, they don't have that luxury because Microsoft creates an operating system that can run on essentially any sort of machine that meets a basic set of, uh, of um, stats. Right. Like a basic, you know, a, a bare minimum processor and a bare minimum amount of memory, that kind of stuff. Once it hits that, then theoretically the Microsoft product should be able to run on it. But as we all know, depending on what elements you have in your computer, it may or may not run properly because mm-hmm. Microsoft can't predict what video card's going to be in there, what sound card. Sometimes video cards and sound cards will have uh, uh, incompatibilities with each other or with a, a certain kind of processor. And Microsoft has no control over any of those elements. That's all a manufacturer kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So... Um, so the experience of purchasing a Mac com- uh, computer is, is different from Windows. It's why you often will hear uh, Apple uh, customers say, you know why I want a Mac? Because it just works. Yeah. And it's because Apple has controlled that whole process. Um, it's still a matter of debate whether or not the Mac OS is superior to a Windows OS. That's really kind of a, a personal taste thing, I think. Um, it's hard to be super objective about it. I mean you could you could argue based on how well they perform – similar tasks you Mm -hmm. could do a benchmark test that way but uh they both have such a a unique user interface to to their own uh experience that um i think it does come down to a matter of personal taste also if you're a video gamer or not if you're a gamer uh it's still a pc world there are a lot of great games out there for the mac but it's just a subset, really, of some of the games that you'll find for the PC.
1: Well, uh, Snow Leopard does include support for Boot Camp yes, or which other would allow
0: you to boot into
1: Windows, yes, or for that matter, Linux.
0: Yeah. Um, so
1: you know you can install uh, Windows alongside your Mac OS X.
0: Yeah. Essentially, upgrade, it's so. yeah you can you could boot into Windows instead of uh, the Mac OS yes. on your Mac and then run various uh, uh, Windows oriented software.
1: Yes. Earlier, uh, earlier, I misspoke a little bit. I think uh, when I said <laughs> rather boldly that I know for a fact that binary applications are uh, slower to run, um, that's not necessarily true. Some of them are, um, but the chances are, uh, chances are pretty good that they're going to run about the same on um, power PC and Intel chips. Uh, however, the programs themselves are going to be uh, bigger because they have more code in them, essentially, you know, because they have to have code that takes advantage of either processor. Right. Um, and, you know, some of the files they create may or may not be a little larger as a result. But, uh, suffice it to say that, uh, a program written for just one processor, type of processor, is going to be more efficient. Uh, you know, it'll be smaller. It'll be, uh, you know, le- there's less code in yeah, there. It's going to take like a the memory. Yeah. The chances are, are good that it's going to be, uh, make your computer more efficient on the on the long run, and I think that's uh, the benefit there. But yeah, I probably shouldn't have said that they <laughs> all forever and ever are well, uh, are larger. But it's, it's some a good, of them are.
0: It's a good point for technology, just in technology in general. As technology advances and we and we move uh, into more advanced forms of processors, like you go from thirty two bit to sixty four bit to one hundred twenty eight bit, and it will uh, happen. Yeah, uh, the. Every person, every person, every company or organization or developer has to face a question, which is, do I develop this application or this operating system even mm-hmm. uh, that uh, so that it will work on multiple kinds of processors? Or do I just make the choice to abandon the older processors and say, if you're not running this kind of machine, this this application is off limits to you? Um it's a tough choice to make because you know you limit your audience if you decide to to uh, cut out uh, a portion of the customer base that mm-hmm. happens to be running older machines. On the other hand, it makes the development process much easier and it also keeps your code to a more manageable level. The more you have to support various kinds of uh, of hardware, whether it's different processors or whatever, uh the harder and more complex your development process is going to be. Just in general rule of thumb I yeah mean, it, it it makes sense i even saying that I think most people would be like, well, yeah, yeah, but i mean it it's worth saying,
1: yeah, yeah,
0: and it's um I think to uh thinking back
1: on it i I've seen you know we need to wrap up, but uh it's um i I've seen generally positive reviews, especially once the uh the initial dust up over well, hey, this thing doesn't work with snow leopard past, you know, once they had some some incremental releases. I know I've had a smoother experience in the last few months than I did when I first switched over, because I did have a couple applications that needed to be updated so that they would work properly. Um, but, you know, people don't really talk about Snow Leopard. That's one of the downsides of having this very, you know, in general, positive uh, incremental release, but, you know, Windows 7 has generated a lot of buzz. Um, well, it's they, also it rapidly shot up to 10% of the the uh, market share, and uh, Snow Leopard... There's just not a lot to generate buzz around.
0: Well, it's also just that the user base for Macs is is smaller that's than for PCs. Too. I mean, it's not that they are any less passionate. In fact, I would argue that that real Mac fans tend to be some of the most passionate uh, electronics consumers out there. Yes. Mm-hmm. But, um, but there aren't as many of them. So yeah. I think that's part of it. Um, like you said uh, – Part of it was also that it wasn't a huge leap forward, although it was a lot of improvements. But everything I've seen has essentially said it's worth the thirty bucks,
1: yeah, it is it's a, uh, you know it's a it's a good release. it's stable. it's uh, if you're considering upgrading and your computer is capable of it at this point, um you know it's an affordable upgrade and it will get you ready for the sorry for the apple pun next step.
0: All right, we're gonna wrap this up now. Okay. Partially because of that pun and also because we are reaching the amount of time we spent on Windows 7, and this way we can avoid accusations of favoritism. Okay. So if you want to write us any comments or questions or you just want to yell at me because I don't know enough about Apple – uh, send that email Textstuff at howstuffworks.com I read every single one of them and yes you do hurt my feelings when you call me names uh, if you would like check out nice. our blogs they are very informative we have a live show every Tuesday 1pm Eastern and go to the website howstuffworks.com check it out take some of the quizzes they're actually a lot of fun I've been doing them recently I got 10 out of the 10 on the kissing quiz
1: uh, okay I'm not going there
0: Well, I wasn't asking you to. At any rate, you guys take care, and uh, that's for all of you out there. We'll talk to you again soon.
1: For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. And be sure to check out the new Tech Stuff blog, now on the HowStuffWorks
0: homepage. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you